Welcome to What the Fuck is Up in Southeast Asia and Hong Kong, the coconutiest trending news and pop culture stories from around the region. Today is December 15, 2022. From Manila, I'm Sam Beltran. And from Bangkok, I'm passive at Nikki Tan School. Hi, Nikki! Hi, Sam. How's it going? Hey, so yeah. a few weeks to go and it's Christmas. Is that is yeah. that like a is that an exciting time for you? Is that a thing at all? Like do you have uh, any plans? Going on? Yeah, you know, Mariah Carey's defrosting as we speak. Um, ha! Oh my god, know, yeah. A lot of dinner dinner dates that I have to go to, so on and so forth. Secret Santa events. You know, that's all I'm doing. Uh what about you, Sam? Ooh. Christmas here, like in the Philippines, it's it's such a huge thing, and like I'm already caught up in the Christmas rush, as we speak. So yeah, you know, like lots of Christmas dinners and getting drunk to look forward to, <laughs> and right. yeah, so yeah, it's gonna be a fun-filled week of next few weeks of like you know revelry and shit. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, you know, hooray! Uh, I'm gonna be putting on my jolly old Saint Nick costume, hopefully. Ooh. So you dressing up as um, Santa? Are you doling out some gifts to people on your nice list? Uh, I hope so. I, I have a lot of coal to punish my enemies, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm just a lot of, a lot of very giving. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a jolly kind of guy. You know, I don't. Oh my I don't, god! No hate, I, no hate on anybody. I better not get on your bad side then, <clears throat> Andra. No. You know, lest mm. you mm. get a coal in your sock. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, yep, so it. looks like both of us have exciting Christmas plans to look forward to. But you know, yep. right now it's time to get into the top stories of the week. All right, it's time to get cocoa nutty. Let's go. From a man painting artwork with his peepee to alien worshippers in Bangkok, Coconuts TV brings you wacky and impactful documentaries from across the region. Don't miss out. Head down to our Coconuts TV YouTube channel to subscribe and enjoy. Okay, first up in Bali, where this will definitely receive like more than a thumbs down. But a man from East Nusa Tenggara found a human finger in his plate of sayur lodes. What? So sayur lode, it's a dish of vegetables that's stewed in coconut cream, and it's a really popular dish. Like it's one of the most, I guess, it's one of the most common dishes apparently in their warungs or in their local eateries. And one of them got quite the surprise in particular when a man in East Nusa Tenggara was horrified to find a literal human thumb in his plate of the dish. Yeah. That is gross. That's yeah, fucked. Um, that's, that's <laughs> fucked. That's fucked. How did that um, even happen? I- Well, okay, so local news outlets did report that two residents of East Nusa Tenggara allegedly found part of a human thumb and that's complete with a nail sticking out in a plate of sayur lode that they ordered from a local warung and a picture of the thumb that was allegedly found in the sayur lode was circulated within the local community and one of them had filed a report to a local police and said that He found the thumb sticking out of the plate on December 9th and the police chief did confirm that it was indeed a human thumb that they found in the dish. So um they asked doctors and they did confirm that it was a slice of a human thumb and suspected that it belonged to an adult. But none of it belongs to the warung staff because none of them was found to have a wound on their fingers. So they're still questioning like the police is still questioning the witnesses including the owner of the warung and they also questioned 
the owner of a tofu factory who reportedly supplied the ingredients. So right now, the thumb remains a mystery. That's what I wanted to know. That's that is the most important aspect of the story. I want to know who did the thumb belong to? Exactly, exactly. Oh man! In the spirit of Christmas, you know, like there's gonna be parties all around and shit. Like this is like one of the surprises that I really hope nobody gets to come across because that's just that's just creepy. That's just creepy yeah. as fuck. I I remember this like viral story on the internet. I think it was in California where someone found a severed finger at a Wendy's restaurant, and for the longest time, yeah. But it turned out it was fake. You know, it was one of those well-known internet stories that you know people were thinking, is it real or is it not real? Uh, Only to find out it was a bit of a hoax. You know, somebody was trying to Ah. put in a finger just to gain a lawsuit, basically. And, oh my god! But I think I think the difference here is that this one, <laughs> I don't know what is it with it's Asia, actually but real. It's, this is real. <laughs> this is I totally know. Real. Oh yeah. my god! What is up with our labor practices, people? Like, why do they have to lose thumbs, right? Oh my god! Yeah. That is just. I mean, like, I feel for the poor person that had to come across this in his dish, but also like it really makes you wonder. Yeah. Who does that uh, well, to? Like, who is I, missing I re- a thumb right now? I really hope we find out who the thumb belongs to. In Indonesia. Yeah, so get on it. If it's not real, then I'm also going to be disappointed. (laughs) Okay, so Sam, I went to the 808 Festival last weekend. It's an EDM festival that brings in all the big DJs. I think this year we had Armin Van Buren, DJ Snake, Hardwell. Oh, wow. Millennium, Zed. It's big names, yep. But as of right now, there seems to be a bit of controversy with uh, the ha- security check handling at the event. Attendees at, a, at this festival uh, that took place at Bangkok's Bitech Bangna event said security guards groped their crotches and reached inside their underwear to touch their bare breasts. Damn, that's crazy. Festival oh my God. Is, yes. A woman attending the three-day festival that made the rounds on Twitter, she posted like a couple of photos and videos of female attendees actually being touched in sensitive areas. She published images and videos which made the rounds on Twitter of other attendees being groped in the same way and said there was no advance notice or attempt to gain consent. I interviewed the person in question. Her name is Hitomi Okamoto. She said that I've been to other festivals in Thailand and nothing happened like this sexual body check before. It was way too much. I think other women also felt disgusted and scared and sad. And she told me that she would never attend the festival again unless something is being done about it. I was there. Only female security guards were attending to the female attendees and men were assigned to the male security guards. Okay, okay, okay. That kind of things up because, yeah. Yeah, but it's still wrong, you know, it's still not... Of course, of course, yeah, 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 Uh, it is. So, wait, Nikki, because you were there, Hitomi Okimoto is talking about her own personal experience, but what about you, if I may ask, like, could you attest to this unusual search being happened? Like, did it happen to you, or at least maybe somebody you know who was attending it? A lot of my friends that were there, they were inappropriately touched, and... It, it went viral on Twitter this time, but actually in September, there was another festival, a uh, similar EDM festival called Together Festival that took place in the same venue. And I and some uh, some of my friends were thoroughly searched and inappropriately touched. 
it just seems like, you know, they were trying to find drugs, of course, as we expect in these festivals. But, you know, people, they were just being really touchy. You know, I just, it, it was just not okay. Uh, there has to be a yeah, better way. Yeah, for sure. Searching for drugs. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's one thing to be looking for drugs, but it's another to be violating, you know, people's personal boundaries like regardless of what sex or gender is doing it over another i mean like don't airports like have these kinds of like technologies in place where they can yeah. search you without like actually having to, to touch you everywhere like i mean couldn't that have been like a like a solution i okay. don't know but you know i've had my female friends tell me that you know they've had their breasts retouched uh, they went a little bit further uh, down there the, Jesus you know, Christ. I think everyone was told to empty their purses and empty their belongings. And, you know, the, the thing is that uh, when I interviewed Hitomi, the festival actually told her that every festival is subjected to body searches. It's standard procedure. And she said that, well, the uh, festival security, you know, are not allowed to search under the bra. And the organizers responded, there is a sign written at the entry area that mentions this. But neither but me... Or Okamoto saw such a sign. There, there was definitely not a sign that said, uh, you know, you will be searched thoroughly or something, you know. And I mean, like, hang on. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not from Thailand, but I like even if there were a sign, I don't think that that's enough. Like, sh shouldn't people be getting consent over these things? Like maybe have people sign a waiver, you know, like you, you just don't right. get away with saying, oh, hey, by the way we're copying a feel under the bra or under the like you know beneath the underwear like like that's that's isn't yeah that but i don't think they should be i don't think they should be that thorough though in my opinion exactly uh, the, the festival organizers even said that you know there were thai government officers and they couldn't do anything about it but uh, i looked into it and it seems to be a private security firm called the security af team they weren't actually okay. police they were actually a private security company and during the writing of the story, a man identifying himself as you said he was the firm's head of security. He told me that they were just following orders, what the organizers are telling me. And he said that the way we work is to prevent drugs from entering the festival. The way people bring in drugs are hidden in places that we can't reach. But then I told him, I understood that that was the point of the search. But I told him that, you know, did you know that, you know, your, your team was touching people inappropriately? And he said that he had no idea about that, but reiterated that people shouldn't be taking drugs. So like every Jesus time I brought Christ. up, every time I brought up the fact that, you know, you shouldn't be touching people inappropriately, he just kept on talking about how people shouldn't be about drugs. Yeah. And, and I get that, that they, they're totally missing the point, I would say. They're just being like really dense as fuck. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Like, how, how is that even okay? Like, you know, like you violating people's personal space and then the other person being like, Oh, well, you know, like maybe people shouldn't be taking drugs then. But then the, the question is, like, did they even find drugs like with the way that they were searching? Well, they, oh, they actually did. So on in their defense, they were sending me pictures of the amount of people that were caught with drugs. But I still don't think that that was the point of the. Yeah, dude, like that's that's still not. That, I mean, still I, right. I understand there's a drug problem going around and these things. But and I get it that the searches are necessary, but it doesn't give the team any right to touch true, yeah. people in those places touch yes yeah people. so oh my you know God. hopefully i get a follow-up i've been trying to contact the organizers but they haven't gone back to me 
uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that this happened because I was actually there to cover the festival, but it, it ended. I ended up with this story. So. Oh my god, crazy! Yes, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so from one bizarre story to another. So from Bali and Bangkok, we move on over to Jakarta, where a town mayor and his wife were bound, gagged, and robbed at their own residence. So the mayor of Blitar and his wife were robbed in the morning of December 12 at their official residence. Police said, adding that the two thankfully did not suffer any injuries despite the ordeal. Local news outlets reported that a group of either four or five people robbed the official residence of Santoso, who became the mayor of the East Java City in 2020, and his wife Teti Wulandari between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. So the perpetrators reportedly also tied up three of the home's security guards and disabled the house's CCTV system before proceeding to rob the mayor and his wife at knife point. The three security guards were reportedly members of Blitar Satpol PP or Public Order Agencies. Thankfully, none of them reportedly suffered serious injuries, but the robbers did leave the house with Fetty's jewelry and cash, amounting to 400 million rupiah or That's equivalent to twenty-five thousand five hundred sixty-five USD. So, oh, an investigation in the robbery is ongoing, but when caught, the perpetrators could face nine years behind bars. Okay, Jeez. I hope they find the perpetrators. Why would they rob a mayor? Yeah, exactly. I like, I mean, I guess, I guess that's the mystery, right? I mean, like, it's yeah. one thing to have like a robbery. And it's it's another to specifically target you know the mayor and and his wife. Yeah, that is again another bizarre story. But yeah, mm-hmm. good that they kind of got out of that you know unscathed relatively. Yes, I hope that these things don't you know go relatively quiet. I guess it's the mayor, so surely we'll see some developments in the coming days. Yeah, for sure. I mean, local news is definitely all over it. The local news outlets are doing like timelines of the of the events. But yeah, you know, like everything is is a mystery at this point. Okay, so in other news, at down by Malaysia, according to the Guardian, there was a piece that said that human rights advocates have urged the Malaysian government. To assist a damaged boat that's drifting out in the sea that is said to be carrying 160 Rohingya migrants close to Malaysian wow. waters,、uh, that's pretty unfortunate. It is reported that the boat is believed to be holding young children who have been out at sea for days without food or water. The boat is believed to have departed Bangladesh in late November. Wow,、and、it's crazy.、Uh, boat was leaking and had little food and water. And according to Chris Lua, director of the Arakan Project Rights Organization. She claimed that the regional administrations had taken no action, adding that no one wants to accept responsibility. Individuals aboard on board the ship late Thursday afternoon stated that the boat was already in the search and rescue area within Malaysia. Oh wow, this is、uh, distressing. So an activist called、uh, named Mohammed Rezwan Khan said that two of the passengers on the boat included his older sister and five-year-old kid, and he added that the boat's engine was in need of repair. And then there was another activist who has communicated with the relatives of those on board, Lillian Span, chair of the Asia Pacific Refugee Rights Network Working Group on Rohingya Issues, reported that they have actually lost communication with the boat. The boat had not yet received any assistance when the final transmission was made on last Sunday. 
So the Amnesty International researcher for Southeast Asia, Rachel Chihua Howard, echoed the urgent need for assistance, saying that regional governments must urgently coordinate and cooperate on search and rescue operations. They must attempt to locate any boats in distress and ensure the people on board are allowed to disembark safely and receive proper medical support, food, and water. Yeah, so this is a horrible. Rohingya is always being treated I know. Uh, horribly. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's really distressing to hear that, you know, the crisis there is ongoing and you have, you know, people just trying to find a better life. And now they are, you know, stuck at sea for weeks. Like, I, I really can't imagine what, what that's like. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you know, the, it's, board. The, the Rohingya is well documented. You know, they usually attempt to cross the Andaman Sea, hoping to reach either Malaysia or Indonesia. And yeah. conditions in Myanmar are really worse, are really bad, right? So exactly, they, they try to escape. Okay, so on to better news, or at least lighter news, in Manila, where actress Dolly De Leon just received a Golden Globes nomination for the film Triangle of Sadness. So again, like Dolly De Leon, like she's an actress in the Philippines. Um, she's a veteran of the stage and the screen, but she's not like one of our big name stars, right? So her critically acclaimed turn as a luxury yacht toilet cleaner Abigail in Ruben Oslund's Triangle of Sadness has earned her a nomination for Best Supporting Actress at this year's Golden Globe Awards, which makes her the first Filipino to ever receive a Golden Globe nomination. So she was just fresh off a Best Supporting Performance win at the 2022 Los Angeles Film Critics Association Awards. And uh, she said that she's not used to these kinds of nominations and it really feels good. And she hopes that more actresses like her coming from the Philippines receive this kind of recognition because so many of them deserve it. It was her performance in this film, uh, which won the top prize at the Cannes Festival, that sparked whispers around the award circuit that she could be up for nominations in top awards fests, such as the Golden Globes and the Oscars. And as we know, she already got that. So right. in an interview with Vanity Fair, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 pretty amazing, you know. So like in an interview with Vanity Fair, uh, she shared her struggles to break out even in her home country, the Philippines, despite having been um, a longtime actress. So she said that the sad fact is that in the Philippines, you're not a bankable act if you're not very beautiful or very ugly. So many of us are talented, but our talents are not maximized. So she was cast in the film in 2019 after auditioning in the Philippines alongside other local actors. So that's, you know, that's, that's amazing. And now the film, it premiered earlier this year at Cannes, but it's only showing now in Manila and it's uh, showing in 10 theaters. So that's, oh. you know, it's great. You know, Filipinos finally get to see one of their own, you know, on, on the big screen and, you know, just represented in a big way. So that's, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Have you seen the movie? Um, I have not had the pleasure. Um, I am planning to see it pretty soon. Oh, just great. because, you know, um, I feel like it's, you know, pretty much history in the making, I think. And, you know, I mean, like, sure. you've got Parasite winning, you know, the Oscars, kind of like breaking that yeah. glass ceiling for people from our part of the world just yeah. sort of you know finally getting that kind of recognition so i mean it's i think i think it's fantastic yeah um it's great uh just hearing about it i kind of want to check it out yeah uh, hopefully i get to see it uh at some point it's a, definitely on the list for me for sure yeah be, yes. it's it's, it's yeah. great i mean it's yeah. it's really gotten a lot of great reviews like it's a black comedy film and a satire about like you know class differences and stuff so it 
that would be what's that's always a nice theme for thought-provoking movies yeah meanwhile you know in line with the holiday cheer for those of you in singapore if you're looking to soak up the christmas vibes look no further than checking out some of these spots to end the new year with if you're looking to go on caroling down the street why not take the stroll down the famous shopping street of orchard road and check out the street decor and the individual malls uh, apparently the, there will be the dio christmas tree at iron orchard Ooh. a traditional giant tree at nian city that is flanked by Ra- ralph lauren bears and christmas themed tunnels in front of some of the malls apparently there could be some busking or going around but you know as you're walking cool. down make sure to carol along the way find get some friends and walk around and you know sing along so every year during christmas two venues capital singapore and chimes they will team up to set up a christmas event where you can sing along and there will be a ton of uh, christmas concerts uh, light projections and a marketplace to shop for a gift you can check it out uh, at the at their website for the full timetable of events and happenings at these two iconic places or you can head down to gardens by the bay to marvel at the spaliera lights with six festive fun zones or you can head to changi airport and jewel changi airport for a uh, magical winter wonderland i think they they are promoting the upcoming release of the new avatar film where they will take oh. on oceanic cues for the decor There's also like dinosaurs apparently I hear some bioluminescent light installations all over Canopy Park that sounds a lot of fun if you head down That's to cool. Pagoda Street on December 17 and 18 you can take part in activities and workshops at a market with some help from the Singapore Association of the Visually Handicapped and Singapore Red Cross so you know you can also apparently get like quick massages at this festive event Oh, you know, if you're, you know, if you have a family, you can head down to Universal Studios and celebrate uh, the holidays with all your favorite cartoon characters like Minions, Muppets. Uh, I would like to meet the Madagascar cast. <laughs> uh, this Christmas oh, Yeah, will... yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> this Christmas program will run until January 2nd, 2023. It includes stage shows, Christmas songs and parades. And l- last but not least, head down to any Chinese department store where you can find some decorations to shop with red ribbons and crushed velvet elf ornaments scented candles you know something to help decorate your home and add that festive spirit speaking of um you know christmas decorations in your humble abode are you are you the type to partake in these types of christmas traditions do you like i'm glad that you, you know, i'm glad that you asked sam because i do like decorating my home with some christmas cheer that, that reminds me i have to put up my christmas tree soon Uh, this coming yes. week as well yes yes yeah speaking of christmas we've got some news for you our listeners so this is the last episode of the what the fuck is up in southeast asia and hong kong podcast that was a mouthful <laughs> oh wow but you know wow, no wow. worries yeah you know i mean like it's i guess it's it's great to to end the year with a bang i mean it's been such an eventful year and you know i do think that it's passed by like rather quickly but no worries we will be back next year with some new and exciting surprises definitely more surprises in store uh, but yeah like as i mentioned you know like it's it's been such an eventful year and you know there are a lot of memorable things that happened during this time but you know like why don't we take a walk down memory lane over you know on the year that was and talk about the highlights from this year's podcast. 
Yeah, it's always nice to walk down memory lane. I can't believe that it's been a year since you came on board. Time flies by so quickly. Yes. And yes. we're still talking about your crocodile story. For Thailand here, the price for the pork has risen as much as like, I believe it was like 33%. So, you know, they need to find an alternative source of meat and enter the crocodile. And that came out <laughs> in February. That's, that's crazy. Like, I mean... Uh that I believe that story was like my debut uh, feature story. Absolutely. Uh, I absolutely made a bang. I've been trying to chase that same success ever since uh, to no success. <laughs> I know you will forever be typecast as the cook, like as a crocodile guy. No, I'm kidding. I'm just yes. kidding. But yeah, I mean, that, that was a load of fun. I remember that was a croc load of fun, you know, yes. with, with your crocodile yes. head and shit. Yes. And we also had Stephanie Putri on the show. Like, I remember that right. so specifically, you know? I Love yes. You 3000. Baby, take my heart. I want you to be my husband. Cause you're my Iron Man. And I love you 3000. Yeah. She's probably, like, the biggest star that we had on the show. Yeah, she talked to us about her new single and album at the time. It's almost reminiscent with I Love You 3000. It's very simple and acoustic and it's very lyric focused. You know, Head in the Clouds, you know, the 88 Rising Festival just ended in Indonesia and in Manila. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's interesting to really see how the trajectory of her career has gone since. Yeah. Yeah. And who could forget, like, I don't know, but like Andre did this really fucking insane cover of this TikTok song. And like every time I hear it, I always remember him, but he was singing like that helicopter, helicopter song. Like that was fucking crazy. Helicopter, helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Like I fell down my chair laughing at that one. And then remember when we did like a rebrand of the podcast and we started out with like the dirty joke introduction why can't you find a pregnant barbie doll because they don't have (laughs) genitals i have no fucking clue no because ken came in another box your dirty alien joke was really really memorable he touched his nose twisted the nose and suddenly his dick went very long where where did you source that joke? Like, did you? Did you uh, I heard it from the bald old man that made Philly cheesesteaks. He happened to meet me by chance uh, at the time. I wasn't really like thinking about you know whatever joke, but he told me that you know if you want to improve talking to people, why not introduce mm. them with a joke? <laughs> that joke took a long time setting it up. Like I remember yes. that so memorably. Yeah, like that was yeah. that, that was hilarious. And yeah, I mean, like, I don't think that any of my dirty jokes on the podcast could, you know, top that. (laughs) What did Cinderella do when she got to the ball? I don't know. She gagged. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) And then there's, you know, there's Andra making fun of, (laughs) like, one of the recent episodes. Like, I don't know, like, if you know that, like, but um, yeah, we were talking about, like, this story in November. Because we uh, in the Philippines, we have a tradition called um, All Saints Day, which is basically similar yeah. to yeah, the no, Mexican tradition. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, he, was, he was making fun of, of, of my accent, you know. It's kind of similar to Mexico's uh, Dia de los Muertos. It's Ooh, basically a Say year. that again. <laughs> oh my God, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, like lots of fun times definitely like on the podcast. You know, like we've done quite a few antics on the show over the past year. But there are also like some really standout moments that happened. Not everything was light, but some of them did light up. You know, the podcast, like when we covered the legalization of weed in Bangkok, where milk came on a few times first yeah. um, during the start of the year when the law was being passed. And then next in June 30, when it was finally legal, I think that, you know, weed, especially in Thailand, I mean, I think that's definitely one of the top themes of, you know, the Coconuts Bangkok team. I do think that it was definitely one of the most definitive events that happened over the past year. But yeah, so um, th- there's that. But then we also dealt with more serious themes. Like there was the online predator story on Coconuts Jakarta that was oh, written yes. by our contributor, Kevin Ang, where online predators were systematically targeting Chinese Indonesian women for vile sexual yeah. abuse. So that was, you know, that was really that. riveting. Yes. And then, of course, you know, like as we all know, one of the more significant events that happened during this year was um, the Ukraine-Russia war. And despite sort of being removed from that region, in a sense, it's hard to deny that we are affected by that. So we had the Ukraine ambassador to Indonesia on this podcast to talk about, you know, the Russian invasion. Uh, and to talk about the welfare of Ukraine nationals who were stuck um, in Indonesia, particularly in Bali. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a, there's like a concentration of them that's located there. And we also had a Filipino talk on the podcast about, you know, her experience. So she was doing mm. the podcast. We were interviewing her while she was in oh. Kiev oh. at the heart of the whole thing. So that was insane. Like, she was talking to us about you know, hearing bombs at the crack of wow. dawn, you know, she talked to us about her experience moving into bomb shelters and out. But, you know, she had yeah. also talked about, you know, the resilience of the Ukrainians about the whole thing, you know, at, at the end of the day, like while that was happening, people were still going on with their lives. Like they knew that they had this huge thing looming over their heads. But, you know, at the end of the day, life has to go on, which was, you know, that was the, that was a really eye opening experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that rounds up the memorable highlights from when we were the Coconuts podcast to now, you know, what the fuck is up in Southeast Asia and Hong Kong, covering the most what the fuck inducing stories around the region. Yeah. So I hope that you've had fun coming on during um, the handful of times so, that you were with us. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of opportunities for me to make jokes uh talk about highlight news roundups uh it's been great thanks for having me aboard it was a pleasure to to you and andra i'll always be that residential uh crocodile hunter for you all absolutely Um, and (laughs) i am raising a metaphorical glass to you yes you know to everybody to a memorable year that was But unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for this week. So we, you know, we'll probably see you guys next year. It's been a real treat. So thank you so much. Here's to more coconutty development. Stories Uh, for the next year. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So guys, you know, take care and happy holidays. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. See you. Thanks for listening. 
If you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co slash membership, make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy your fresh merch at the coconut shop at shop.coconuts.co. Advertise with our in-house agency Grove. Fast, funny, digital. Join forces with us to slay buzzwords, rise above the noise, and sow the seeds of something great. Get in touch via coconuts.co slash grove. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. What the Fuck is Up in Southeast Asia and Hong Kong delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by our journalists on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news on matters large and small designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. What the Fuck is Up in Southeast Asia and Hong Kong is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Sam Beltran and Pasavat Nikitansko. Our executive producer is Clarissa Cortez. And our editor is Vivian C.